Can you hear me? That's better. It is a pleasure to be here this morning and to share with you from God's word. And as you know, I speak uh, French or Creole most of the time. And uh, so as I preach, sometimes I say word that may be French or Creole, you may not understand. So I will not be speaking in tongue. <laughs> I just want to take uh, minutes to thank you for your partnership in the ministry of the gospel. And because of you, many lives have been changed and been transformed. Because of your partnership that we are preaching the gospel not only in Haiti, but also reaching the two million Haitians that are here also in the US. And because of your partnership, we were able to plant a church in Winter Heaven, Florida, who become particularized last year. And now we are moving forward in another city called Hen City to plant a new church and that will reach the Haitian community for Christ. So thanks for your partnership and thanks for all your prayers and support over the years. And this morning, uh, I would like to share with you uh, briefly, uh, for in Haiti, we'll preach hour and a half, but, <laughs> but here we'll share briefly uh, from the word of the Lord. And I would like to read from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 to verse 17. And as I read to this text, and... Um, the question that uh, I would ask myself and ask each one of us is, what is your motivation? What pushes you to preach the gospel? What is the reason why you're passionately sharing the gospel with the lost? And as we're going to study this text together, I pray that it will encourage you. Uh, to be motivated and to reach the loss for our king. Listen to the word of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11 to 17. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, others, but what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again by giving, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about the outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For we are beside ourselves, and it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we hope, conclude this, we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Hear the reading of the word of the Lord. Father, as we look at your word, speak to us. We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Second Corinthians uh, revealed Paul's passionate concern for his people. And he was very concerned about the spiritual growth and spiritual health and security of the Corinthians. And Paul in this book is not defending his integrity or apostleship, but Paul in turn is really declaring and presenting the reason why he preached the gospel. As you know, Corinth was a very rich and populated community. It was a large commercial city. It, was, it controlled the trade between the northern and the southern Greece. It was also the capital of the Roman province of Asia. But Corinth was known for his uh, immoral city, where the goddess of love reside. But the book of Acts gives us a big picture of how Paul planted that church. As he moved from Acts 16, from Philippi, even he was in prison, but that did not stop him. From Philippi, he went to Apollonius and Thessalonica, as his custom was, he goes to the synagogue. Then he went to Berea and Athens, even though they cast him out, but he continued and persevered in preaching the gospel. And as we look in Acts chapter 18, we saw Paul arrive in Corinth and from Athens that many Corinthians believed and were baptized. But Paul could not stay. He left and went to Ephesus, where he spent some time. But Paul heard about the life and the way the believers in Corinth were behaving. And he heard about the division that occurred in this church and that destroyed the spirit of unity. So you imagine in AD 56, when Paul is writing this letter, he was combating against the Judaizers and who promote legalistic teaching. And the purpose of Paul in writing this letter was to make the gospel crystal clear and so that the people understand the true meaning of the gospel. So as we study this text this morning, those few verses, I pray that it will motivate you to preach the gospel in every circumstances. The world is coming into America. There's over 210 nations are here in the US. Among them is the Haitian community. Over 2 million have come here into the US. But as they come, they bring with them the background. And if I talk for those in Haiti, they bring with them the Vodouist background, which is a very animistic way of thinking. But as we look at this text that we read this morning, 
we see that we should preach the gospel, and we look at verse 11, because of the fear of the Lord. And the word fear here is the word that means reverence, because of the respect we have and standing in awe in the presence of God. This fear does not mean that we are trembled and shrank back from God. But here, if you look at verse 10, it helps us to see it very clearly. That the fear that Paul is talking about is about the judgment of Christ compels him to persuade men and to reach and to preach the gospel. He said in verse 10, as you see, verse 11 started with therefore, which means there's something that he mentioned earlier. In verse 10, he said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due him, that what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we see that we must bear in mind that one day we will have to give account for our work. When we meet our Lord, then he will reward his children on the basis of their deeds. This is not a judgment to determine whether you are Christian or will go to heaven, but it is a judgment to decide to what extent that God will reward you for your faithfulness in carrying the message in which that he has called you to bear witness and to preach. Do not worry. For the scriptures say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not as condemned because there is no condemnation, because we already say, and our eternal salvation is guaranteed. Because when you go down to verse 19 in the same text to verse 21, this is what Paul say, that is in Christ Jesus God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, that God making his appeal to us, that we implore on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Our salvation is guaranteed. But also, after he saved us, he has a work that he has called us to fulfill. So when we stand before the judgment seat, when we will be judged for the deeds that we have performed, will he say to us, well done, my faithful servant, because Paul himself, he had a strategy to use the loss. Do you? When we look at verse 11, he says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, the world does not know the fear of the Lord. But because we have known the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is also in your conscience. And so in verse 12, it says, we are commending ourselves to you again by giving you cause to boast about us. No, so that you may be able to answer to those who boast about the outward appearance. 
all we do is open to the omniscient God. We should be persuaded to evangelize, to reach the loss that is in our community. And so that they in turn also, when the judgment day come, that they will not be doomed into eternal separation from God. But they will be welcoming and faithful for what we have done and accomplished. Why do we do what you do? Why do we preach the gospel? Because our Lord and Savior has commanded us to do so. Before he ascended into heaven, he said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you always. In John 4, 5, 24, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. What is the motivation why you preach the gospel? And here we see that we should preach the gospel because one day we will be judged. One day we'll be asked the questions. We did say to you, well done, my faithful servant. My prayer is that your heart will be open and to say to Christ and to our Lord, do with me what you so desire. The life he has given us, we don't deserve, but it is a gift. But in verse 13, it said something very interesting. We should preach the gospel because of the need of the people. We should preach the gospel not because we are afraid of the end time, of the judgment, but we should preach the gospel because of the need of the people. Paul said, if Paul was zealous, it was for God. He was a steward entrusted with the precious truth of God's word and ambition to glorify him. He could not preach that truth without passion and conviction because he understood that God is honored when his word is proclaimed. Listen to what he said in verse 13. He said, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. But if we are in our right mind, it is for you. On the other hand, it sounds like Paul is saying to the Corinthians, that the reason why I do what I do is for your sake. And so that you will hear the truth. And the reason why we do what we do is for the sake of those who have never heard of the gospel so that they in turn will hear the gospel and their life will be transformed. Paul was gentle for the questions. He was humble. He was very patient. In John, in John chapter 9, in verse 4, it says, I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. Do you know the need of the people in your community? I know the need of our Haitian people. 
you have heard it in the news, not only that uh, our president was assassinated, so now we are a country without president. Not only that we have gangs that take over, over 66 gangs take over Port-au-Prince and where there is no security. There is kidnapping and people are living in fear and in bondage. I know the need of the Haitian people where voodooism has become the national religion. Uh, the other day I was flying back to Port-au-Prince and there was a young man who was traveling with me and he was returning back to Haiti so that he could renew his vow with Rifqua. He wore certain things on him so that other spirits will not harm him. Another need of the Haitian people, when I moved to Haiti and, uh, and with my wife and we purchased a land in a community where we were surrounded by witch doctors and we purchased a land we did not know this man was a witch doctor. We tell him to oversee the land while we return back to the US. And every time I turn and come back, I see the man on the yard with a different lady. And I asked him, who is this lady? And he told me, oh, this is the mother of my children. Two weeks later, I returned and I said, who is that lady that is with you every time I see you? For different oh, I forgot to tell you, Pastor, this is the mother of my children. I come back a third time. That was the mother of his children. I said, how many mother of children do you have? <laughs> but his need it's not only those physical needs that they have, but their spiritual needs that they live in bondage, that they needed the gospel. So I remember sitting down with that man and share with him that we are all by nature children of wrath, that our Lord God know our need and he provide for, by meeting this need through his son, Jesus Christ, who never sinned. But we have born into sin and fall, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that we were slaves to sin. We are spiritually dead and there's no spiritual life in us. We were alienated from God and we were under the wrath of God. For the scripture says that you are of your father the devil and you only will do the desire of your father. Our intellect was corrupt. Our conscience was corrupt. Our will was corrupt. Our emotion was corrupt. We could not understand God. But God in his grace, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was born on a virgin. And he lived just like a man suffered. But God punished him for our sake. He was despised, smitten by God. He was pierced for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. It was by his wound that we are healed. He knew our need. He knew that there's nothing we could do on our own to have eternal life. So therefore, he sent his son. And on the cross, God punished his son in my place. 
I should be the one on the cross. The one who knew no sin, who made commit no sin, have died so that through him I might have life. He died and he was buried and he rose again from the dead on the third day. And the power that raised him from the dead is the power that is in me and anyone who believes. When that power is in you, he motivates you to know that it is not only the physical need that people in my community have, but also they have the spiritual need because they are separated from God. And God is calling you and me to go and to tell them about this great news. There was an old man, he was 93 years old and, and uh, he got COVID-19. He spent weeks at the hospital and they told him, they put him in the ventilators and the insurance paid for everything except one day. And they charged him for one day that he was in the ventilator and they charged him $600. And when they released him and he started to cry and, and they asked him, why are you crying? You can't pay the bill? He said, no, that's not my problem. They were asking him, what is wrong? He said, for 93 years, I have been on earth. I have been on earth 33,945 days. And if I had to pay God, I would need $20,360,000 to pay God for the breath that he has given me for free. We can't pay our Lord who has left his glory and come on earth and leave just like a man, just for the purpose of dying in our place and so that through him we can be reconciled to God. And that alone should motivate us to preach the gospel to the lost world that is coming in our way. As you know, in our ministry, we have a lot of orphans. And one time there was one orphan, we have a little boy and he was living under the bridge for almost two years by himself and, and in the city of Gonaives. And we took this young boy in one of our orphanage. And this young boy, as we took him in, on, on the street, he did not know where his next meal was gonna come. When he was on the street, he did not know uh, how to survive. So he was living under a bridge and he will, when the car stopped on the bridge, he will go and wash the windshield and this is how they will give him a little quarter, as we call it here in the US, but in Haiti we call it adoken. And they will give him the quarter and as they take the quarter, he will pile them together and, and it could, survive, but he had no friend, he has no family, he has nobody. He was all by himself. When it's rain, he get wet. And we took him inside the orphanage. And as we took him inside the orphanage, uh, a year later, and uh, I drove from Kais, uh, was nine hours drive, and my car was very dirty, and, um, and my windshield was dirty, and, and as I get into that orphanage where there's no water, there's, uh, and um, this boy went under his, his bed and he took a clean t-shirt 
and it started to clean my, my car, my windshield. And, and uh, I was not happy because we know we don't get water and he's using his clean t-shirt and dirty it. And, and I remember myself giving him that t-shirt. And, uh, and I said, what you doing? And he said to me, he called me Papi Donnie. He said, Papi Donnie, when I was on the street, I was all alone. I had nobody. But I'm here. I have a mother to look after me. I have food to eat. I have friends. And I have a church to worship. And I'm just wiping your car because that's what I used to do. It's just to say thank you. Thank you for taking me in. And as we know our personal need, the life we have, is the one that gave himself so that through him we have life. And he's the one that is calling us to go and to share this message. And when we know that we deserve to spend eternity away from him, but now because of his death, we're going to spend eternity with him. Uh, that should motivate us to preach the gospel to the needy people that is surrounding us. We should not only preach the gospel because of the fear of the Lord, of the judgment that is coming. We should not only preach the gospel because of the need of the people. But Paul finished it this way. In verse 14 to verse 17, the primary reason Paul could not live for himself, however, was God's love for him. He was overwhelmed by the love of God. In verse 14, he says, For the love of Christ controls me, because he concluded that the one who has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, and that all who die who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him. He died so that we no longer live for ourselves, but live for him. For him who for their sake died and was raised from the dead. And Paul said, if I live, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So we should motivate to preach the gospel because of the love of Christ. He loves us so much. And there's nothing that he will not do for us. Because of his love for us, he said in verse 17, there is a for anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. The love of Christ should press us the love of Christ should compel us. It should stir us and, and move us to minister for his glory until he comes. But we are so busy and so little time left and no time to reach the loss. But my challenge for you this morning, when the power of the Holy Spirit enter in someone's life. It transforms you. You become a new creature. You no longer have the same values you used to have before. 
your old values, ideas, and plans, and love and desire will change. If you see you still love the world, which means that it is a sign you may not be a child of the living God. Because when he transforms you, he gives you a love for himself that you want to please him in all you do. And you want to exalt him and glorify him. That's good. God plant new desires, new love, new inclination, new truths within us when we come to know him. And also, he helps us to remember what it says in Romans 8, 35, that who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That we come to know that love is secure, that love is certain. No one can take us away from his hand. He gives us security. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for our, your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But no one in all of these things, we are more than conqueror through him who loves us. For I am sure neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nothing present or things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in this all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He loved us so much, he gave himself. And his love alone should motivate you and compels you to reach the nations as they come to your community, to reach your neighbors through the gospel, to reach your friends in school, at work, through the gospel. So let us be motivated to reach our lost friends for Christ. I can go an hour, but let me finish this. <laughs> let, me, let me stop here with this story of a young lady. I shared it with you last time I was here, but the story move continue to go deeper. There was a young lady in, uh, in our school, because we have a university, and her name is Joanne. And Joanne came to the university, and, and she was the only student that her father had enough money to pay for her for the full year. And her father was a wish doctor. And he came and he took her to the campus. We had the dorms and she stayed in the dorms and he paid. He's the only one who paid. And, and while she came to school, because 40% of the school, they are Catholics and they don't know the gospel. And when she came to the school and we have a church very close to the school and she had to attend. And in one Sunday, she had heard the gospel and she had come to know Christ as her Lord and Savior. But when the year was over, she had to return back home to her parents, to the wish doctor. The wish doctor used to abuse her sexually in many different ways. 
He used also to use her as a means to call certain evil spirit so that he can do his rituals. And when she returned back, she told her father, I am a new creature. I have a new daddy. You can no longer have touched me. And you can no longer use me as a means to call evil spirit. And the father said, if I can do that, I will deny you as my daughter. And, and I will send you out right now. She said, father, if that's what you want to do. And the father kicked her out. And it was 11 at night and I was in my house. And pastor, one of the pastors came and knocked and with this young lady crying and says that her father kicked her out and now she can no longer go to school and they don't know what to do. And uh, we give her full scholarship to the university. We said, we take her in, full scholarship. And uh, to make the show short, she graduated uh, last year and, uh, and and when the love of Christ compels you, that she started to, to cry and, and wanted to, we said, what's your problem? She said, my father, I want to see him come to know Christ. And she graduated, she said, I want to return back home so that I can be a light in the darkness. And I make the story short. She returned back and shared the gospel with her father. And she just got married, and her father was the one who gave her away. And also, not only he gave her away, but he's also a new creature in Christ. There's power in the gospel. So let us be motivated to share it with anyone that comes our way. For there is life.